With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Warriors Off, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by Chronicle sports columnist Scott Osler. During our conversation, we broke down the fallout of Clay Thompson's Achilles injury both in terms of what it means for him personally and for the Warriors as a whole. Scott, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Uh, full disclosure to our listeners, it's almost 1 p.m. on Thursday. We got the presser coming up in a half hour or so. Um, and I just felt like we had to have a podcast today, given given the news, given, given the fact that Clay Thompson is going to be out this entire season with a torn Achilles um, and just the, the massive trickle down effect of that. Um, I feel like we had, we had to hop on warriors off court, but you know, given how crazy things are and how many moving pieces there are, this was really the only time to do it. So I called Scott literally five minutes ago and I said, Hey man, can you jump on with me right now? And, and here he is. I'm like a fireman, man. I just jump in when the, when the alarm sounds, and by the way, you look good and fresh con. Thank you. Like two hours sleep last night, probably. Uh, I got a good like five hours of sleep. Yeah, I was up uh, working on rewriting my free agency preview because that obviously changed with the with the news that Clay got injured, and then it comes out later this morning that he's definitely out the whole season. Um, it changes the Warriors' entire offseason approach. So, um, I'll start by just asking you, Scott, what was your first reaction when you heard that clay got injured yesterday and then what was your first reaction this morning when you heard that he was out for the season and it was worst case scenario he had torn his achilles well i felt horrible right from the start from the very first time i heard because the way it was announced they didn't say oh oh, boy it looks like he might have sprained an ankle or it it kind of laid out a worst case deal and and so I would have been shocked if they came back this morning and said, well, it looks like an ankle and he's going to be out three weeks. So I think we were all prepared for that, but <clears throat> I just felt really bad. You know, it's just, you follow this team, especially for the last six years since in the Steve Kerr era. And, you know, you kind of put, we're, we're not fans, you know, we're objective writers and stuff, but you kind of put your heart in it and you get to know these guys and, and you get to enjoy the team and appreciate what they do. And uh, it hits pretty hard, you know? And you, you can kind of feel for the fans too. You can feel for the players and the other guys on the team and for Clay and for the fans. It's just it just sucks. Yeah, obviously our job is to analyze what this means for the Warriors, and we're gonna get into that on the podcast, but I think we need to start by just thinking about what this means for Clay on a personal level. Um, this is someone who obviously has meant so much to the franchise. I mean, you can argue that he's as important to this franchise as anyone, Steph included. I mean, his combination of temperament with what he provides on the court, um, it's the perfect fit alongside Steph, who's 
all about the joy and Draymond, who's all about the fire. Um, it's it, he he's a guy who is an all defensive team caliber defender, but he's also probably the second best shooter in the NBA behind Steph. And um, he more importantly, I think, just fits the ethos of this team. You know, he's not about the glory. He's truly selfless. Um, he doesn't even need to dribble to, to make an impact. Um, he's, he's, and I think he's become a fan favorite for all the right reasons. You know, fans really appreciate that he on an off day will go to Dolores park with Rocco and his dirty, you know, sweatpants and play the trumpet, you know, like he's just, he's that kind of guy. And this is, this is someone who, um, this is someone who, was one of the most durable players in the NBA for his entire career until yeah. his torn ACL in the 2019 finals. He had really never missed more than a couple weeks ever in his NBA career with an injury. The only thing I can think of was the thumb, the broken thumb he had uh, the season before his ACL tear, which he missed a couple weeks for. But before that he had really never missed more than a couple games at a time in his entire yeah. NBA career. Um, I think the, one of the freakiest times was when he got the high ankle sprain in the uh, during the finals. What was that two years ago? Mm-hmm. And you know, high ankle sprains put you out. Yeah, you're a tough football player. Uh, they like Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, puts right. him out for half the season. And so Clay was going to be on the shelf for you know another four or six weeks. He came back like two days later. Right, a high ankle sprain. He played. Right, that's freaky. Right. And you're talking about you're talking about you know an Achilles and an ACL. You know that that when you're talking about those types of injuries, it's not a toughness factor. I mean, there's just no way he could play. Um, and it, the timing of this is there's never good timing for something like this, but it's just so sad because he had he has not played an NBA game in 17 months. You know he was chomping at the bit to get back out there. And then, you know, he's doing the right things. He was fully cleared to scrimmage. He was in a pickup game yesterday in L.A. playing former and current NBA players. I know Miles Turner was one of them from from the Pacers. And then gets this freak Achilles injury, and now he's going to miss his second straight full season. So you're looking at, you know, well over two full years of away from from the team and away from – game action and then the bigger question here is you know clay turns 31 in february um and i know when he's healthy he's in great shape but 31 for an nba player is the latter stages of your prime at best and um so he's going to be 31 and he's coming off two serious injuries there are zero guarantees that he'll ever be the same player Achilles an Achilles injury alone is often a career derailing and a career defining injury. And then factor that factor in the fact that he's also coming back from an ACL. You're bringing me down, man. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. I mean, look at at someone like DeMarcus Cousins who, who had the Achilles had a knee injury and he's not even on an NBA team. Now he's still a guy that should be in his prime. He's not even on an NBA team now. Right. His market value is non-existent, and he was a multi-time All-Star. 
Now, I do think it's different for centers and big men than right. a wing like Clay. I think the odds of him making a full recovery are higher than someone like DeMarcus. But, um, you know, there's you know what's kinda, no guarantee. You know what's kinda similar, guy. Kind of a similar in, injury is uh, Richard Sherman. You know, he had the Achilles mm-hmm. defensive back for the 49ers. He had the Achilles and he was basically out of year. And then like his whole next year back, he was compromised. He mm-hmm. had soreness. He had to sit out. So he basically it knocked him out for two years. And he's a really highly trained athlete and kind of similar in size and everything to, to play. So that's right. kind of a frightening prospect that maybe one year isn't going to do the trick this time. Yeah. No, and it's it, – and so from the Warriors' standpoint, I mean, they're in an impossible situation yeah. right now because – not only are you without Clay this season, but you really don't know if you can count on him going forward at this point. And that's, you know, obviously not Clay's fault, but it's just the situation. And so I just wrote my 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 piece kind of analyzing where the, the Warriors can go from here. And, and I'm just going to read what I wrote. Um, With Thompson set to begin a recovery process that typically runs between 9 and 12 months, Golden State now st- stares down a critical question. Does it endure another down year focused on player development, or does it try to make a major move to keep it nationally relevant? Uh, before Thompson's latest injury, the Warriors were already feeling pressure to rebound from a league-worst 15-50 record, maximize what's left of an aging course prime, and start making up for the more than $50 million they've lost with Chase Center shuttered during the coronavirus pandemic. Golden State is poised to have the largest payroll in NBA history this season, and the San Francisco Department of Public Health recently rejected its plan to reopen Chase Center at 50% capacity. This is almost worse than a nightmare, a team source told the Chronicle shortly after news of Thompson's MRI results broke Thursday. Right now, it feels like we can't win, you know? Yeah. So that kind of sets the stage. I mean, the Warriors... There isn't a clear path forward. Even if they do everything right, okay, let's say they maximize the $5.7 million mid-level exception in free agency, which, hey, by the way, starts tomorrow. And keep in mind, the way NBA free agency works, usually the hay is kind of in the barn before the day before free agency. So uh, Myers might be facing an uphill battle there. Right. If they maximize that that mid-level, they maximize the $17.2 million trade exception, which it looks like they almost have to use right now, given it's the only way to immediately add a starting-level shooting guard. And maybe you even mortgage your future and go after an all-star level guy, maybe like a Bradley Beal. And I don't think you can do that immediately, but you do that in coming months. You're still not guaranteed to contend for a title. No. Also, you're mortgaging your future, so you're you're losing important assets that you that you might need going forward. Bob Myers faces such a conundrum; it's unbelievable. Yeah, fortunately, he has a ton of help from guys like you and me, and like a million fans out there who are going to write to you and me, and they're going to call on all the radio shows, and everybody's got an opinion. So uh, Myers will get plenty of help, but man. That's really tough. You know, a couple of things to consider is that, uh, for one thing, the Warriors and their fans are lucky that Lakeup is the owner. I don't want to 
suck up the lake up too bad. But, um, you know, he's a guy who's willing to spend money. So mm-hmm. he's going to go in. He, he might not get super crazy. And at some point he's going to say, okay, that's all I can spend because of the luxury tax and all that stuff. But he's, he's being generous. He's not squeezing, you know. So whatever help money is going to bring, he's, on, he, he's aboard with that, which, which a lot of owners would not be. Another thing is you got to consider his age. I don't know how, how old is Joe. I'm not sure. He's, I know he's not 40 anymore. You got to be thinking, uh, you know, I'm not going to live for another 50 years. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I need to. He, he's he's going to be in a hurry. He he wants to he wants to win now. He wants to compete now. I don't think he wants to say, all right, let's write this year off. So my sense is they are not going to write this year off. They're going to go full bore to right. put together what they would consider to be the best championship contending team they can. I personally think that they should definitely not wave the white flag on this season. I just, right. A, from a financial standpoint, I don't think they can stomach it. From a from a morale standpoint, I don't think they can stomach it. But I don't. I, I would. I would amend what you just said, and I don't think they should go full bore in the sense that I don't think they should be willing to give up. You know, the the top three protected pick from Minnesota for for in a loaded 2021 draft, yeah. some of the other assets that they have. Um, I know to, to chase a, an all-star caliber guy, you'd probably have to give up Wiggins just to match salaries. Um, right. I, I'm not sure that's a smart move right now. I think, I think that you keep your core intact, what's left of your core, and that being Steph, Draymond, and, and Wiggins. Right. And, and now you, maybe you can throw James Wiseman in the mix there. Right. Um, you keep them them all intact, um, and then you just try to maximize the mid level and try to maximize the TPE and do the best you can. And you know, if you do that, you're probably best case scenario, best case scenario, knocking on the door of home court advantage in the playoffs. Maybe you're a five seed in the West. Maybe best case scenario, a four seed, but. And that's that's assuming they can get someone legitimately good on the TP, someone like a, a Kelly Oubre, right. now with Oklahoma City, or an Eric Bledsoe, or an Eric Gordon. Um, that's and that's not a guarantee by by any stretch of the imagination. So um, it's unfortunate because I know Warriors fans and and everyone in the front office had had the expectation of truly being in contention and that's just i'm maybe maybe they'll prove me wrong but i just don't think that's realistic without clay he's so important and honestly everyone talks about his shooting but his defense is just as important if not more important without him who do they have defensively they have draymond who has been dealing with injuries and and last year was not himself and hopefully he can get back to form but they have draymond and then they have uh you know, James Wiseman, who hasn't proven anything and, right. and I think doesn't have the highest basketball IQ. He's he's got the the wingspan and the athleticism to be a good shot blocker in the NBA. But as you know, being a good shot blocker does not necessarily mean you're a great all around defender in the right. NBA. So they they really need solid perimeter defenders and they just don't have it right now. Um it's it's uh and I, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you fill. I don't. There. I don't think there's a world where you can really replicate Clay's two-way production. There's just. No. There just isn't. You can't do it. 
And even though Draymond was a one-time defensive player of the year, <clears throat> you could make the case, you could probably make the argument that Clay was even more valuable as a defender for this team because I always take take on the, <clears throat> the best uh, shooting backcourt guy on the other team, best scoring guy, shut him down usually. And that saved so much wear and tear on staff and so much trickle down. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The guy just yeah. showed up every night was a huge factor. We'll have more of my conversation with Scott Osler right after the break. If you're Joe Lake of how you feeling right now, because I, I talked to Joe just a few days ago about, um, you know, his, te- his coronavirus testing plan and, and, and I've talked to him a couple of times within the past few weeks and both times he was just, you could, it was palpable. You could, you could hear in his voice how distraught he was about the situation the franchise was in financially. Um, and now with, with this claim news, you get, it, it's just, it's just a worst case scenario because they, when they built the one point, the number that Joe quoted me the other day was $1.6 billion privately funded chase center. Yeah. Um, the, that was the idea there was we're going to spend a ton of money to make a lot of money. Right. And, not only are you a gonna have fans in the stands, but you're gonna have a championship caliber product, and now they have neither of those. Yeah, yeah. I, I seldom feel sorry for billionaires, right? And I know Joe's not gonna wind up, you know, living under a freeway underpass, overpass. But uh, I, you know, I can't feel good about just the tons of money all these guys are losing. Uh, it's just, yeah, and and. For him, I don't think it's it's just about the money. It's just about he's, his heart is so much in the team. There's some owners that, for the for them, the a, a team is just more of a, a cash kind of thing and sort of a hobby. And but he's one of the the kind of lifer type owners who really their heart is in the team. That's their that's their baby. Yeah, I mean, he quit his job when he bought the team. Yeah. I mean, this is this is his job. Um, yeah. And I know he's working all day every day, figuring yeah. out uh, the path forward. Um, yeah. Well, you know, one thing, not to interrupt, but one thing about him is that he seems to be a realist. You know, some owners are just loony. Think of the old George Steinbrenner model who expect everything to break for him. And if it doesn't, they start blaming people and shouting and acting like fools. And Lakeup is more, I think, more of a realist. You know, he, he knows that this is nobody's fault. And now it's just time to dig in. And, and you've had, you had a great five-year run. And now it's time to dig in and get as Steve Kerr says, get back to the real world and, and deal with that. And I, I think Lake was equipped to do that. And so is our Myers and Kerr for sure. Right. But the Warriors thought that they had already dealt with the real world, right? They thought <laughs> the past season was going to like, yeah. you know, we've, we've had enough of that, you know, and it's one thing to, it's one thing to have one year. That's just a total throwaway year. Like it happens, you know, yeah. injuries happen. You can stomach that. Um, but to have to enter this season, we're we're still, you know, over a week out from training camp, and it already feels like season's over. And <laughs> and I've in, in by saying the season's over, all I mean is they pretty much have no chance of contending for a title. Yeah. And if you're not trying to win a title, what's the point? Especially when you're a team with the pedigree of the Warriors. Like this isn't you know the the Blazers. You know this isn't kings this isn't a team where 
the franchise would be happy with a deep playoff run. Like yeah. you, it's really Larry O'Brien trophy or bust. And there's just, there's just no way. There's just simply no way. And fortunately, I, the, fortunately the Western conference is so weak these days. Right. right. Like, God, and, every team is stacked. Yeah. And I, the I like, anyone can pull a rabbit out of his hat. It's Bob Myers. But yeah, I just, without mortgaging the future, there's no way. And I personally don't think it's advisable. And I want your thoughts on this, but I don't personally think it's advisable to give up that pick, that 2021 pick from Minnesota, which is an enormous asset. Um, Definitely should not be giving up James Wiseman when you just got him. Uh, You know, they, they fielded decent trade offers to move down in the lottery yesterday and they turned them down because they really like Wiseman. And, um, you know, you know that if you are on the phone with a team about trying to get an all-star level guy, that's the first thing they're going to say, well, can we get Wiseman? Um, it just, I don't, I don't think you should be willing to do that. Uh, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely be lower on the scale on that. I'm definitely with you. I hate it when a team gives up, especially when it's like, you know, the Lakers give New Orleans, what, three first round picks. Yeah. For Anthony Davis and, deals like that just kill me if I'm a fan because I'm like, oh my God, there goes the whole future. It just, yeah. And, I, and I what, would that, would that deal? And also the, the Paul George uh, trade with Oklahoma city and Clippers showed is that to even get your foot in the door with, for a trade offer for these high level superstars, you're looking at a boatload of first round picks. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Warriors have said all along that, they want to follow the Spurs model of success. They want to be, to have sustained success over the course of decades. And if you do all that, at best, you're maybe winning one more title, maybe two, right. with once Clay gets back next season, um, with with a with 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 Steph still somewhat in his prime. But you know, odds are you're going to be falling off a cliff pretty quickly. Um, if you just look at it historically, what the Spurs have done is defies logic. And for, for them to to be as good as they were as long as they were, they were required a little bit of luck. Now, it, it was smart on their part, but they weren't expecting Kawhi Leonard, who they got in the mid-first round, to, to become the player he he was. Right. They, they also, you know, when they – tanked the year that David Robinson got injured in 97, they they weren't the worst team in the league, and they, they jumped up and got the number one pick. And they got this guy named Tim Duncan, who was a four-year guy at Wake Forest, who everyone knew was going to come in and be a perennial all-star guy. And, you know, the Warriors, unfortunately for them, ended up getting the number two pick in a draft that does not have that caliber of prospect. Yeah. yeah I'm with you. I think we both want to see the same thing which is for them to saddle up and ride the long shot you know do what they can to fill in the spots and everything but not trade away the the entire future i think that that would be a a bummer and you know they you ride that long shot and you you look for wiseman to make a quick development you never know you know he could be just another i'd say something like andrews or something like that but he could be the real deal if he's a real deal Maybe by midseason, he's playing at a uh, really top level. And he's really contributing and doing a lot. And Steph and Draymond are healthy. Other things start start breaking their way. Things could happen, you know. Other teams break down. 
mentally and physically and and so you just you're, you're not out of it yet so i i would i'm with you i don't want to i don't want to throw away the five six seven years down the road yeah and you know the the reality here too is that um you know Steph is 32 and I know I do believe that Steph is one of those guys that can play deep into his 30s. He's joked about right. he's half joked about wanting to play until he's 40. I think Steph's going to be an all-star level guy for at least a few more years. Right. Um and so the Warriors owe it to Steph if no one else to right. do at least what they can this year. But I yeah. I don't I don't think even Steph would advise them tra- selling off all of their f- future first round picks to right. go chase the yeah. Bradley Beal type. Yeah. Um, who's not even like a perfect rotational fit. I mean, all these superstar guys who've been mentioned are not perfect rotational fits for the Warriors, even with yeah. with Clay out. Um, unfortunately for the Warriors as well, and I feel like I'm just Debbie Downer right now, but unfortunately <laughs> for the Warriors, uh, this is a super thin free agent market at the shooting guard position. Um, yeah. There's just not a lot of guys who they could – realistically get on that mid-level who would make a difference i mean you're looking at like a Bryn forbes out of san antonio who started games for them and and can knock down the three and you know, solid solid wing depth for sure but not gonna not gonna come close to replicating what what clay does and you know best case scenario absolutely best 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 case scenario for the warriors and is on on that mid-level is getting Danilo Gallinari, who has openly said that he'd be willing to take less money to chase a championship. The the problem is, I actually think Clay's injury Clay's injury made getting someone like Gallinari even more important. But, but it also lessened the likelihood of him being willing to sign sign with the with the Warriors um, because he wants to go win a championship at this stage of his career, understandably and. Without Clay, even with Gallinari, that's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's just I, I feel like everything I'm bringing up is super negative, and I, I apologize, but that's just the reality of the situation. I mean, it is bad. It is bad. I mean, with the TPE, with the the $17.2 million TPE, I was looking at a few names that make sense, and I mean, like I like I mentioned earlier, Ubre is is probably their best bet there. But uh, you know, you're probably going to need to package some compensation to get him. So you're giving up an asset or two, not necessarily you know of the the Minnesota pick, but you're giving something up. And then you know, he's a guy who played well last season for Phoenix, but he he's only been a starter one year in the league. He still has a lot to learn. He's only 24 years old which is good in the fact that he can get better, but you know, I don't think he's at the, I don't think he, I still think he's a lot to figure out, you know, better options might even be Eric Gordon from Houston or Bledsoe from Milwaukee. Um, you know, those are guys who are both sturdy defenders who, who, uh, you know, command a defense's attention and also can kick out to open shooters, have a proven track record. You kind of know what you're going to get from them. Um, the problem with them is that they have a bunch of money and a bunch of years on their contract still. So you're just making things even worse financially for yourself. But, you know, keep in mind, the Warriors weren't even sure if they were going to use the TP a day ago um, because they they weren't sure 
anyone they could get with it was going to warrant the financial burden that comes with it. But I think at this point they don't really have a choice. And they only and keep in mind too, while Bob is is trying to go out and sign these free agents, he he only has four days left <laughs> until that TP expires. So yeah. <laughs> he needs to figure something out fast. His psychiatrist is going to have a tough uh, week or two here. <laughs> I'm actually not going to the presser this afternoon for yeah. two reasons. A, because um, I'm a little worried about COVID. Uh, yeah. There's going to be over 30 reporters there. and it's, I'm not super comfortable with that. And B, uh, and this is really the main reason, is just from an efficiency standpoint, I have so much to wade through today. I figured right. taking it two hours of my day to go to that might not be worth it. Uh, but I'll be following it. I'll be watching it. And I'm very curious to see what Bob looks like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really yeah, he's tired. A guy that, he's a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve. What? This is a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, he's very okay. he's a very emotional guy. You know, he's not yeah. just a cool, calculating dude. So yeah, it's it's hard on him. Scott, thank you so much for for joining me for an emergency pod. I've only done a couple of emergency pods in my entire time on the beat. One was when Kobe Bryant passed away. One was when um, they did the sign and trade for for D'Angelo Russell, and one was when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. And then, so this will probably be my fourth one. And uh, unfortunately, I think it warrants it. Yeah, I, I agree. And you folks out there listening, do what I do for your for your Warrior news. You got to follow and tune into Connor. The guy is so plugged in with his with his heart and his brain, and he works like crazy. So he's I your guy. That's guy. I really do. Um, I'll I'll talk to you soon. All right, Con. Thanks. Warriors Off Court is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support Warriors Off Court in the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com/pod. 